Are you ready, church? Are you ready? Are we ready to live? Are we ready for God to speak to us this morning? I'm ready. I hope you're ready. Last, last week, Pastor Josh kicked us off in our month of ready to live. And he talked a lot about how when we live driven by eternity, we're living in a way that outlives us right? Just like Pastor Rick, you know, even though now he, he has stepped into eternity and he's celebrating in heaven with Jesus, he, he lived in a way that we still remember his legacy, right? We, we recognize the lives that have been changed because he lived focused on eternity. And we still here on earth, we, we recognize that when we live driven by eternity that doesn't mean we have to wait until eternity to see lives changed right we need to live in a way that that when we live this is what really living is all about right when we know jesus how many of you know jesus how many of you have been saved so how many of you know this is what this is our hope that, that we live driven by the blessed hope that one day will be in eternity. And our theme verse for the month that is found in 1 Peter chapter 3, it tells us to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready. Say that with me. Be ready. Always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Why do we have that hope? Because we're driven by eternity. But, but we haven't stepped into eternity yet. So we have to be ready to give an answer to people of why we have that hope. You, you see how that works? You see how God's designed everything to work together like that? When I was here with you last, I, I challenged you about your call. About how you were created for a purpose. And, and when, we, when we recognize that and when our eyes are focused on eternity, we realize that we are living to change your world right now. You can make a difference. And today I want to challenge you to live to change your world. Make it personal. I'm living to change my world. Notice I said my world, your world, not the world. Sometimes we get so excited on, man, I'm going to go out and I'm going to change the world. Well, that's a, that's a big job, right? To change the whole world. But where does that start? If we want to change the world, then every single one of us needs to change our world. And in order to do that, God in his great wisdom he gave each and every one of us an assignment, that calling. And then he gave us some particular tools to pull it off. So he gave each and every one of us influence. Sometimes we may not be able to recognize that because we're like, well, you know, influencers influence, especially now in the age of social media. You know, those are the ones who really influence. I'm not really influencing anyone. But that's not true. 
every single one of us has an area of influence. Every single one of us has influence in someone else's life. Even my daughter, Camille, all right, she, she just turned 11 this week. And happy birthday, Camille. And she carries a great amount of influence with her little brother, Tucker. Because whatever Camille does, Tucker wants to do. So how many of you parents have ever said that to your older sibling? Be like, listen, you can't do that. Your brother is watching you. That's dangerous. He'll do that. It's the same way. Every single one of us has influence. And God, just like he gives us every, every other gift, how many of you know that God doesn't bless us just for our own benefit? He doesn't give us our influence just for us to have it. There is an expectation from God that we are to steward that influence in a way that makes a difference in the lives of others, that draw people closer to God, that, that make a difference and, and draw them to himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13 through 16 says, The area of influence that God assigned to us is to reach you. But our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. Basically what the Apostle Paul is saying here is, okay, God gave me assignment. He gave me an assignment. That assignment was to reach you. But that assignment doesn't stop there. After you're reached, then you begin to grow. Your faith increases you start having influence, and then our collective area of influence enlarges to where now we're not just influencing these people, but we're influencing the whole city of Rome. We're influencing the nation of Italy. We're influencing all of Europe. Our influence, our area of influence is enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. And, and there are three important questions that we have to ask ourselves when we think about how we're going to steward our influence. And the first one is probably the question that you're asking right now. Why? Why is it my job to influence? Isn't that your job? You're the pastor. Isn't that someone else's job? They're the leader. Isn't this, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of influence. Why? Every single one of us as believers have influence. And the answer, when we ask ourselves why, why, why do I need to change my world? Well, the first answer to that question is pretty obvious, and that's because God really likes it. God loves the people that are around you every single day. He loves your coworkers. He loves your, your classmates. He loves your family members. He loves, the, the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world. That verse isn't talking about the trees and the rocks and the, the earth and the mountains. He's talking about the people. Because God loves people. How many of you know when you love someone, you love what they love? Right? Amen? Any couples in the room? When you love someone, you love what they love. Right now, the Euro Cup is happening, and my husband loves soccer. 
And after 16 years of marriage, I still don't understand the concept of offsides. Like, what does that even mean? I don't see it when it happens. I don't recognize it. But my husband is yelling at the TV, he was offsides. So I say, yeah, that's right. I get involved. I back him up because I love what he loves, right? And because Pastor Josh loves me, he loves to watch Pride and Prejudice (laughs) on TV, right? Because he loves what I love, and I love what he loves. God loves the people in this city that do not know him. In fact, he loves them even more than, than, than he loves the fact that we're here today. No, he loves us as his children. He loves every one of us. But really, he's looking at us saying, hey, I love you. You're doing a great job. But I'm looking more over here. I need you to go get them. Because just like Jesus told the story of the shepherd who left the 99 to go find the one, God is, is concerned with the lost. God is concerned about those people. So why do we need to change the world? Because it pleases God. Because he loves them. So we love them. And the second reason that we need to change, the, change our world is because it's what we were created to do. That's why we were created. We were created to know God and to make him known. To reveal his glory to others. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, we're his handiwork, we're his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's what we were created to do. You may be, you may be thinking, yeah, I love Jesus, but he doesn't expect that from me. I'm nobody. No, there is an expectation You are his masterpiece. He created you and designed you and and had a job for you to do way in advance. And that is to make a difference. You got to be ready to live. Live on mission. Live motivated. Live in love toward those around you that don't know God, that don't know him. Amen? Number two, the second question we got to ask ourselves is where? Because you may be wondering, yeah, but what do you mean by that? Because when I think of, you know, sharing my faith or when I think of, of changing the world, I think of coming to church or I think of putting up a tent out in the square and inviting people to come and I think of special activities. Where? Where do I go in order to change my world? And the answer is simple. You go wherever you are. So if you work in government, then you use your influence to bring change in in that area of influence. If you work in education, you use your influence as a believer to bring change into that area of influence. If you work in your family, you you use your influence to change the lives of those around you, to, to influence change. 
Sometimes we tend to compartmentalize our life in a way to where we're like, okay, on Sunday, I'm going to put on my Jesus hat and I'll go to the church and I worship and I pray and I do these things. And then on Monday, I put on my work hat. And then Tuesday, I put on my soccer hat because I go to the sports arena. And then we tend to kind of compartmentalize our lives and kind of think that our faith isn't really involved in, in the other portions of our lives. How many of you have ever done that? I know I've been guilty of that because we just fall into a routine and we kind of put on our different hats. I want to challenge you today, keep the same hat on. Put on that hat of I am a born-again, grace-filled, spirit-empowered world changer who's going to go out and make a difference wherever I am. Exodus 4.2, the Lord said to Moses, because Moses was complaining. He was kind of doing the same thing. Like, well, God, how am I supposed to free the people of, of Israel? How am I supposed to do this? You know, I, I'm nobody. I don't really have any great talents. I can't even speak clearly. And God, the Lord asked him, Moses, what is that in your hand? And Moses said, it's a staff. And God said, okay, we will use the staff throw it on the ground. We're going to use whatever is in your hand. We're going to use whatever you're already using in your everyday life. Isn't that amazing how God works? How he, how he gives us the tools that we need. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy, but he made it simple for us so that we can make a difference wherever we are. In Galatians 6.4, it says to make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Wherever you are, go all in. As believers, we know that when we go to our jobs every day, we're there for an even bigger purpose than just to make a living, right? You go to your office every day, and to think that you're only there to earn a living is, is very short-sighted. As, as Christ followers, we know that we're there to influence those around us because we're driven by eternity. We're ready to live in a way that changes our world, right? Are you with me? And so when we go, we sink ourselves into it. We go all in to where when you're on your lunch break, when you're gathered around the water cooler, whatever you're doing during your day, you find those moments to live to change your world. The third question that we have to ask ourselves is how? What does this look like on an everyday basis? How do I change my world? I'm just one person. Am I supposed to go out into the streets and just shout out to the thousands of people in Rome? How, how do I change my world? And I'm going to tell you, you change your world one person at a time. One person at a time. Sometimes when I say these things, I like to put in a little caveat because I don't want you to hear that, okay, I share, faith, I share my faith with one person and then I'm done. Woohoo! No, that's not what we're talking about. But sometimes if we find that one person and we, we love them, we build relationships with them, we, we point them to Jesus. Maybe it's the lady at the, at the grocery store that's, that's our cashier for the day. We, in, we, we add value to that person. 
Maybe it's, maybe it's a person in our school. Maybe it's a person at our job. You know, we, we add value to them. One person at a time. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 says, Never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. That's, that's strong. Your hand is God's hand for that person. How are you going to change your world one person at a time? It's as simple as you see a need and you feel it. You see a hurt and you heal it. One person at a time. It's not always about declaring it's not always about rebuking. It's not always about, um, you know, starting with, with telling people the way of salvation. The first step is often demonstrating love in a very practical way. Letting our hands be God's hands to where we're serving our city. We're serving our, our employees. We're serving those in education. We're serving those around us we're reaching out our hands as though they are God's hands drawing people closer to him we're ready to live and we're living to change our world we're going to do it one person at a time we're going to keep in mind why we're doing it why are we changing our world because God loves he, he loved us enough to save us, to change our lives. And if he loved me, if he can save me, then I know he loves them and he can save them. Let's be ready to live. Live a life that, that, that we're not just waiting to get through our time on earth so we can step into eternity. But Jesus told us that he's come that we we not just have life, but we have it more abundantly. We can live an abundant, joy-filled life. And when we do that, it will change the world. Amen. Amen. Today, if you've been listening and you're not even sure what I'm talking about, because you have never experienced a relationship with God, then I would like to give you the opportunity to make that decision today. If you're watching us online, we are thrilled that you're with us. And if you would like to get a fresh start, if you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus, then we want to help you do that today. In order to be reconciled to God, we have to recognize that we're imperfect people. That God, I'm, I make mistakes. We call that sin, that sin, those, those things that separate us from God. So we say, God, I'm a sinner. And what's great is even if we're good people, in God's economy, if you've ever told one lie, means you're a liar, right? No matter how good of a person I've ever been, I am still a flawed, imperfect person who has made mistakes. And so we recognize that. And we believe that God loved us enough 
to send his son Jesus to reconcile us to him so that that sin no longer separated us from him so that we could be in a relationship not about just joining a church not about just coming somewhere on Sunday or going through rituals but it is an active relationship with God our God is not just this entity that was there thousands of years ago or that's really far away but we know that he loves you he's so big yet he his love is so personal at the same time so you admit that you are imperfect and you believe on Jesus and then you simply ask him to forgive you to change you from the inside out and you surrender your life to him your thoughts, your actions, your motives. You surrender everything you have to Him and you say, God, I want to live for you. And when you do that, He actually, through that relationship, He helps you to do that. You don't have to have the pressure of, oh no, what if I ever sin again? What if I ever do something wrong again? Because when you're in a relationship with Him, He actually empowers you to draw closer to Him and to live it out when you surrender everything you are to him so if you need to pray that prayer today I invite you to do so let's close our eyes here in this building if you're watching online you can pray wherever you are you can repeat after me it's not these specific words that are going to save you but it's it's that you're praying this prayer in your heart to begin a relationship with Jesus say God I am an imperfect person I'm a sinner and I recognize that I cannot save myself that without a savior I will live I will die and I will be separated from you for all eternity but God I know that you loved me enough that you wanted something better something more and so you sent your son Jesus to die for me and I believe on him today Believe that he's your son and that his death and his resurrection was for me to pay my debt. And I accept that gift and I give my life to you. I want to live for you. Forgive my sin. Make me clean and transform me from the inside out. All for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.